0: The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives is not known for jumping into the latest technology with both feet. ATF, like many of its brethren in the Justice Department, takes a cautious approach to using commercial cloud computing or so-called DevSecOps for software development. For how the agency is working to overcome this apprehension,
1: Federal News Network's Jason Miller spoke to the ATF's Chief Technology Officer, Mason McDaniel. Two, five years ago, we were running everything out of our on-premise data center, and we were at best at best, doing a push to production per month with mostly just bug fixes, minor changes, not doing much system enhancement at all. They were largely static systems. They largely looked like they did 10 years ago. They really had not changed much. Now, most of our systems are now running production in the cloud, full automation underneath it, infrastructure automation, deployment automation, And now we are pushing multiple deployments to production per week. At times, we're doing one production push per day. And the applications themselves are evolving. And that has led to a culture change where we were very project-centered before, where any change was made within the context of a project. And and from our users' perspective, if they didn't get the changes in in that project, they were never going to see them. So it was really difficult to get a final approval for something to go live because there were always features that people wanted that weren't in there. But now they have seen that they put a request for a feature and it gets added into the backlog. They help to set our priorities and they see those coming through into production quickly. And it started getting them thinking about evolution. What can these systems do? How can they get better instead of just accepting that things aren't going to change?
0: That change, what does that meant for if you will, generally speaking, because I know every missionary is a little different, for the people in the field, for the people at headquarters, for the people in the back office, what is this ability to to create a CI CD pipeline, to go to DevSecOps, to be more agile? What does that meant for the mission areas and the like?
1: For the applications that we had in the within the regulatory space that we went live with most recently, December 2021. It has once significantly helped the efficiency of individual internal users on just how much data they can process. It's as simple as the responsiveness of the applications. In some cases, our legacy applications would sit there with a blue spinning wheel of death running for five minutes between steps. And that is just wasted time. So simple scaling of the cloud and efficiency has helped them to speed up. Plus, we're able to start breaking down some of those barriers between the systems and help to remove some of those extra unnecessary steps, which has also helps them to process data through, get more throughput through as well. And they're starting to think about how would they like to do business? What kind of business process changes would they like to see? And we're now capturing those so that we can start laying the groundwork to go ahead and do that and and really lead to higher level restructuring, reinventing of our processes. When you look at
0: back over the last few years, what percentage of applications, systems, networks, however you want to kind of put a number on it as best as you can, are in the cloud now versus several years ago? Are you 80% in the cloud, 20% in the cloud? Have you looked at it that way?
1: Yes. It's, we're about 80% in the cloud now. And a few years ago, we were zero. When we started out, there was nothing in the cloud. And in fact, we had a mandate to move all of our systems over into another law enforcement on-premise data center. So it actually was about a six-month back-and-forth negotiation just to get approval to take our first system into the cloud. And now we've gone live with about 80 percent, maybe slightly more, in the cloud. And far more than that, a higher percentage of, than that of servers in our data center have already been shut down. And there's a really small number of servers left in our data center operating the remaining systems that we're looking to get over this year into the cloud.
0: And I know you'll, like every agency, will operate in this hybrid environment for the near future. I imagine a lot of your systems are in private clouds, meaning like uh, not necessarily the public cloud like a Azure or an AWS, but a private cloud within those commercial cloud, or you're using government-only, government-sponsored private cloud? Is there anything you can offer on that?
1: Private cloud has, to me, often been something that organizations use to cloudwash on-premise infrastructure, and they just rebrand their on-prem infrastructure as a private cloud. We're moving all of our systems into – it's the gov cloud regions of the commercial cloud providers – But we have some in the Microsoft platform, largely on the SaaS side, Office 365, things of that sort. Most of our infrastructure and infrastructure-as-a-service is in AWS within the GovCloud region.
0: Looking forward as you continue this modernization effort, what are some of those next steps you're looking at? What are some of your priorities, if you will, for 2023 and beyond?
1: Finish migrating our systems into the cloud. Get those last remaining applications that we're still in the process of refactoring and migrating get those into the cloud. And then make use of all of those automation and features that we have to really start focusing on fixing the business processes. Get rid of a lot of the redundancy and start automating a lot of the interfaces and interconnections between our systems that will continue helping our users to be a lot more efficient.
0: You mentioned the idea of business process reengineering, engineering, or you mentioned the idea of looking at your business processes putting in a, a different governance structure how difficult was it to take a look at all those policies and go we have to start over I mean that's a that seems to be a huge lift can you just walk me through a little bit of the how you went about it and how you got that if you will through forgive me the lawyers
1: <laughs> it has been a long journey we started out for a year trying to reassess our existing governance processes and and policy documents and rewrite them and edit them, and we eventually gave up on that. We took the lessons learned on the difficulties that we ran into doing that, but then started over and just did a complete ground-up rewrite of how we thought IT governance really should work, within the uh, bounds, of course, of DOJ's governance framework, so we had to make sure we were consistent with that but did a complete rewrite first of the overall framework and concept of how we wanted to govern things and then breaking down into the specific policy documents. And we have that done and drafted. We've been operating and moving toward that for quite a few of them. But you're right, it's the review, it's the lawyer approval, and it's just the general business approval to get those institutionalized as formal policies. That takes a long time. A couple have made it through, but a lot of them are still going through that process. So we're we're running them as drafts, kind of acting uh, policies that we've put in place as a North Star saying, manage to this, even if it's not official policy, and we'll catch up with the formal approvals.
0: Do you get a sense, like, we hope to get them through the finish line in 2023? Is it going to take a little longer, Do you, or is it so kind of outside of your purview because you've you've done your job and now it's goes through that regular regulatory oversight process
1: the full approval process can vary widely and it's totally out of my control my hope would be to get them through in this calendar year yes because we have them drafted now i am hoping to get kind of the bulk of the feedback here within the next week or two and incorporate so we should hopefully have final drafts for to update those folks that are doing the reviews and I would love to be able to get it through by the end of this year. Some of them can get through in a couple of months. Some of them can take more than a year to get through review.
0: Mason McDaniel, Chief Technology Officer at the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, part of the Justice Department, speaking there with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Check out Jason's story at federalnewsnetwork.com.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA.
3: based on how many students they don't admit. I'm about just the opposite. Taking individuals who are absolutely stellar and don't realize it
2: and bringing that into existence for them. You've had so many opportunities that you could do other things, perhaps, at um, larger organizations.
3: did as well. So here I am having grown up in Alabama, I harbored some anger toward this society there that kept me from realizing my potential and then kept so many others like me from ever realizing their potential. At the end of a conversation that we had, someone asked Mr. Susulu, we're leaving this conversation thinking that you harbor no anger towards a society that locked you away for 27 years. Are we leaving with the correct conclusion?